0: subject to eligibility requirements rewards vary depending on market and expire 24 hours from issuance gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park
1: when you buy Kroger brand products you feel like you're winning that's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices in fact We guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone.
2: If your business needs a new application, then developers will have to write code, a lot of code. If an application needs to be modernized, then you'll need time resources and caffeine if that sounds daunting then you need watson x code assistant ai designed to multiply developer productivity so you can generate code quickly let's create a more modern foundation for business with watson x code assistant learn more at ibm.com slash code assistant ibm let's create this is the Jabberjaw podcast network
1: Support for 100 Words, the podcast, comes from Talenti. When Talenti makes gelato and sorbetto, they tend to get a little overzealous. Did they need to use so many raspberries in their Roman raspberry sorbetto that the machine broke? Did they need to try 25 different chai teas to find the perfect spice blend for their vanilla chai gelato? Did they have to invent giant mint steepers to make their Mediterranean mint super minty? Does their obsessiveness make Talenti gelato and sorbetto the greatest? You be the judge. But yes, it does make them the greatest, and they're also the judge. Talenti, the delicious is in the details. Hey, you. Hi. Good to see you here. Thank you for listening to this podcast. You've walked into a beautiful world of independent music and discussions with people who are involved in it, whether it's playing in bands, whether it's doing record label stuff, or whether it's just taking these awesome principles that we learn going to shows in dirty places, in dark places. And uh, yeah, that's what we're doing here. And I'm your host, Ray Harkins, and it's called 100 Words or Less, which I've recently gotten a lot of questions. It, it comes up every six or so months where people are like, hey, what, is your sh- what does your show name mean? And I'm like, <laughs> anytime I'm telling a person kind of outside the context of my friends, I'm like, oh, yeah, maybe the show wasn't appropriately named. <laughs> But I mean, what do I call it? Music chat with Ray Harkins? I don't know. That's just, this name is charming. It's good. I like it. So that that's what we're sticking, right? I'm not going to change it up. But, um, and speaking of not changing it up, how about the guest this week? Even though I am changing it, but the theme that we're talking about is not changing it. Up. I don't, whatever. I'm trying to connect the tissues, but uh, apparently I'm not. But the guest is awesome. Chadwick Johnson. He's from uh, 100th. Who are a great band who released a record called Rare on Hopeless Records, and uh, they they did a 180. They did one of those where a a band that sounds like a certain thing said, you know what, we don't want to sound like that anymore, and go completely the opposite direction. I'm not going to compare it to when you know Caven was doing Until Your Heart Stops and then released Jupiter, and people were just like, whoa, what is happening? But um, it, it's not maybe not too dissimilar to that, to where Hundredth was a melodic hardcore band. You know, not unlike Shihilud, Counterparts, a lot of the stuff that exists or has existed for many years. But uh, they basically went the sort of, you know, contemplative, atmospheric, shoegazy, whatever you want to call it. They went that route. And uh, the results are awesome. The record is really, really, really good. It uh, could potentially be one of my favorite records of the year because I've listened to it so many damn times. And um, yeah, Chad was just awesome to hang out with. It was actually, I recorded this a while ago when they were on route to uh, join up with the Warp Tour. And um, yeah, I, I'm interested. I haven't heard a ton of commenting in regards to how 100th has been doing out there, but uh, hopefully they've been enjoying themselves. And hopefully you're enjoying yourself. Hopefully your summer is going well. Mine is good. And I want to tell you about a show, a podcast that you should be listening to called Friend or Foe. They are part of the Jabberjaw Network. And for, I'll be completely transparent. I actually, this is one of the few shows I have not sampled an episode. But from the description of the show, it sounds awesome. It sounds basically like what we're doing here, except in more pop culture stuff. So they have, you know, people from like Chelsea Davidson from Mad TV and then uh, Brittany Young from Glow on Netflix. Basically, it's actors and actresses that are involved in doing the damn thing and, uh, you know, finding out what makes them tick. So please go to friend or pod dot com. And that's foe fee fee F a U X fee like I I was, oh man, sometimes, sometimes I try to spell things and I just end up saying the wrong words. Does that happen to you? Happens to me all the time. That's why I was never comfortable spelling out loud in, in spelling B formats. I just was like, oh man, even though I know how to spell a word, I just completely butcher it. But, uh, anyways, yeah. Friend or foe pod, check them out on any podcast catcher, Apple podcasts, Stitcher, whatever you're using, dive in there, check it out. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm back in it. I'm back from vacation. Uh, That was enjoyable. But um, I get that itch where it's like, you know, come, I don't know, the fifth or sixth day of vacation. I'm like, all right, man, I'm ready to join back in the real world and, you know, get get to work and do all that fun stuff. Because um, I don't know, maybe maybe you like your work. I love my work. (laughs) I love the work that I do. And I think it's really fun and engaging and uh, helpful to people. So, um, yeah, I, I don't one of those things taking a break from it is cool recharges the battery but then i'm like all right man i want to want to get back to my desk and do the do the things that i like to do so anyways uh yeah that's all but let's talk to chad right that's why you came here so um yeah i'll talk to you after the episode is over tell you who's on the next week's episode and then uh, we'll, we'll we'll go at it okay so here's chad and i will talk to you at the end I worked for century media records for like 10 plus years like signing bands and you know doing A and stuff like that and it was uh it was towards the end of my tenure there at century because uh, i was working for a few years with uh good old baron at media scare <laughs> okay he, yeah. ma- he made me aware of you guys like you know basically before he signed you guys um yeah and it was uh it was one of those things where i uh I also personally played in a melodic hardcore band from like '97 till about 2005 or so. We were called Taken, and right. uh, so, anyways, I, I anytime I hear bands that did something that was remotely similar to what we did, I'm just like, hell yeah, man, keep that shit alive, like keep it, keep, yeah, keep the melodic hardcore thing going. Um, yeah, for sure. You know, but but at the same time. I also felt the struggle of being a band that was like you were good and you had cool things going on, but then there were also a lot of bands that you know fell in the same category as what you guys were doing. Um, yeah, which is you know I presume many of the ma- many of the major reasons why you guys are like, yeah, we really <laughs> don't want to be, you know, not like turning your back on the scene, but we're like, well, right, well, we need to do something different because we really haven't. Uh, I guess, kind of, you know, peaked our head above everything else that exists in that uh, that world. Yeah, for sure. So that's, I mean, yeah, super true. Okay, yeah. So I mean, I, I know there was no real question wrapped up in that, but I mean, yeah. I, I presume that's kind of, you know, why the major reason why you're just like, yeah, we just can't put out more records like that.
3: Yeah, I mean, we didn't. It, we were at the point, honestly, where we we would have either broken up before we did that, you know. We are at the point where, okay, we've been doing this thing for a while. And not that we were the first to do it. or We don't, you know, obviously, you know, a band like Taken, um, a band like, uh, not that we're as hardcore as them, but a band like Champion, like some bands like that that we were like, yo, the melodic part side of this punk thing is cool. Um, bands like Shilu, too, like on the metal side. Yep. Um, even bands like Strongarm, that was kind of where we where we came from with like what we wanted to be you know so it's like we did that and then it there kind of was like a little resurgence of that you know it was kind of like that was a thing for a couple years where you would go to a town and every band would sound like a melodic hardcore band you know it was like that was where the trend was of the time you know and so um i don't know if you know we were probably just right in the middle of that you know I'm not I'm not gonna go on anything and say that we were way ahead of our time or anything because we don't really view ourselves that important but um you know it's just like there was a little resurgence there and it was kind of a thing for a while and then we achieved some small level of success and um, like that was cool you know we were on tour all the time and that's what we that's why we started a band because we wanted to go on tour we wanted to see the world we wanted to play some shows we we're into the scene at that time, and um, yeah, I think we kind of just lost. We, we've kind of just started checking out slowly. You know, we saw some stuff, some bands coming in that we were just like, okay, like this just it just feels like everything is thin now, and every everyone is just pretending, and, and like it just feels like everything is forced. So, um, and even we've ca- we found ourselves getting caught in that too, where it's like go in to write a record and we're like okay well what do people want to hear and i don't think looking back i'm like we should have never had that i don't think any band should go into a studio thinking about what people want to hear you know because at at that point you're sacrificing like your own self and what you're doing just selling something you know and so we were there we were there where we were like we're burnt and we're like i don't i have nothing after our 2015 record none of us really had anything else to give that that's that particular scene you know yeah um or or that style or whatever you want to call it you know and that's why we were like okay well this might be our last record this might be something new let's just do whatever we want follow our instincts and kind of see what the hell is going to happen you know and that's exactly what we did yeah and it was liberating honestly it was awesome
1: absolutely no i totally well i mean you hear it because you're you're excited To play music that um, you know either is akin to what you are personally into, um, and yeah, you just breathe new life into the whole thing. Where you're just like, oh yeah, this is cool. We have the 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 freedom to do this. But there, there, there's a thread I want to pull in what you were saying right there, where it was um, because you know I do. I always feel like the the tragedy of bands kind of in general where it's like you're not inspiring a reaction either positive or negative like if you're not if you're not out there and like you don't even have to you know have like a large amount of people who are like really dedicated to what you're doing but you know if you're playing a show and you're kind of just like you know one of the four bands that are playing and people are like oh yeah like they're okay and it's like, oh, yeah. and and that's what happens to so many bands. Like, you're not inspiring a reaction either positive or negative, And I'm sure that you felt that in certain respects, where it was like, oh yeah, hundreds, like, cool band, but like, you know, they're they're whatever. And it's like, oh shit, man, that's yeah. not
3: that's not what we want. Yeah, and that's not what we want. And also, it's like, there's another side of that too, where I like, I felt like as a person, I was getting apathetic to the point of where I didn't give a fuck if anyone liked our band or not. You know. And, like, I was just like, whatever, like, we're just going to play. We're going to do this tour, you know. And on the other side, in the time, I was just like, yeah, I mean, that's just, I dismissed it as, okay, well, we'll just be us. And, like, you know, may, people can either love it or hate it. And I still have that mindset, but I realized that, like, the past couple years of my life, I was just basically, like, I was just, it was comfortable, you know. Like, we, this is the first any any kind of success we had ever got, any of us in a band Uh, any shade of success like as small as it is you know and we didn't want to disrupt that so early you know we were having fun touring and then we caught ourselves in that cycle that every band gets in where it's you have a manager you have a label you have an agent not that they ever pushed us to uh be something that we weren't but like you just think about well everything's everything's aligned here you know i don't really want to come pull the foundation out of everything just yet you know yeah and so we just got by and it's like okay and you know it was kind of like it became it became it didn't become it didn't have the like spirit of fun like it did when we started the band you know really? it was like a it became a job you know which is like no one wants to hear that from a band they're watching but like i'll be fucking honest about it i don't care like, it it became a job to me you know like i don't um, and it, I mean, not that it's some crazy paying job or anything, but it just became of like a thing like, OK, this is what I do. Uh, I guess I'll just kind of keep doing this right now, you know?
1: Yeah, totally. Well, it, it, I mean, it's the same thing as, you know, showing up for a quote unquote real day job. It's like if yeah. you approach it with the mentality that you are. You're, you're lucky to be experiencing this thing on one hand but on the other hand yeah. you're like I'm just like this version of myself which isn't even really something that I enjoy that much beyond the fact exactly. that, beyond the fact that I get to travel and it's like well eh, I mean that, that, I guess that's cool but like also like you're not even really you know you're, you're seeing some of the slummy parts of the country it's not like you're really getting to yeah. see cool stuff or anything
3: yeah I mean and I get it like if you would be yeah it's different I don't know it's almost like I I um Value the sanctity of, like, the underground punk music, hardcore, like, whatever, that scene enough to say, like, I'm not going to stay here and, like, pretend to be something that I'm not, you know?
4: Yeah.
3: Um, And, and that's not me, like, taking some arbitrary high road, but I feel like if, if it was, like, you know, if someone was like, hey, uh, Taylor Swift wants me to play guitar for her and she's going to pay me all this money. I don't even like the music, but I'm going to do it that person would get commended for being like, Oh, cool, well you're a guitar player. Like, that's cool. But because we were our band that came from having substance and like talking about shit that mattered to us, it was like, Oh, you better not change because, you know, once you said that one time, that's good that's supposed to be you forever. You know, and like that's that's something that I've kind of on the zoom out from this scene is like, oh wow, I guess like when you you really box yourself in and you paint yourself into this corner in the eyes of everyone who only roots for the underground scene you know
1: yeah oh absolutely um and we'll we'll hit on on some of this a little bit later in the conversation but i want to i want to kind of focus on you too where um were you born and raised in south carolina
3: yeah i was born in myrtle beach
1: tried tried and true man
3: yeah yeah (laughs) i don't live there now but uh my parents live near there but i have family all my family's from there yeah
1: got it Where, where do you live now
3: I live in Charleston, so it's like two hours south of oh, there. Got it, got it.
1: Um, yeah. yeah, the the impression that I got of Myrtle Beach, because uh, I, I played a show or two there, was the, uh, like, it's such a weird city in the fact that, you know, a lot of it feels very much like, uh, you know, certain cities in Florida where it's like yeah. you have the total touristy, you know, Myrtle Beach boardwalk with like 975,000 yeah. miniature golf courses and like just weird, you know, yeah. usual <laughs> touristy stuff. But then, yeah, it's true. But then, you know, a lot of it, I'm sure, is just like kind of, you know, one big suburb beyond that. Um, what was your, right. like, you know, how, what feelings do you have towards the city?
3: Um, I grew up in, well, I was, in Myrtle Beach area, but my family is mostly from a place a little inland called Conway. And so it's more of a um, country meets city kind of vibe. So it's, um, yeah, I mean, it's like river kind of like i grew up on the water like whether surfing or uh in the river behind a boat doing that kind of thing so that's kind of what um where i came from but my family has been in that area for decades i mean like generations so um it's hot it's it would be it's easy to hate on myrtle beach because it's such like a trap and it's like it seems like nothing really it's like a place that people go where it's like it's like a Vegas it's like okay you go here to escape so you never really get any substance uh, from a lot of people but there are a lot of people who really like uh, how dead it gets in the winter and how it kind of just chills out and there are pockets of it that are really nice and cool but I feel like overall for me at least it's I I got to a point where um, it just didn't really have anything that I was really interested in anymore and um, it just seems like such a temporary kind of place to go for people that everything seems fickle. And, um, and yeah, so I, th- I think that's why uh, me and my wife, we live in Charleston. It's just because it's a little, it's a different vibe, you know? It's, it's hard to explain when you don't really understand, but South Carolina's already kind of a forgotten state. Like, everywhere we go, people think we're from North Carolina. So, <laughs> totally. yeah, it's insane, yeah. yeah. So it's like, it's already forgotten. So to to explain the difference between Charleston and Myrtle Beach is like, you know, it's it's, it's a tiny detail, but there's just a lot more history and um, a little more culture in, in, in Charleston compared to Myrtle Beach. I would say.
1: Well, yeah, so. and well, and you're talking about too. I mean, Charleston's a, you know, a, there's a it's a college town in some respects yeah. because and that's you know that's where you see the center of so many different ideas and and cultural happenings is when the fact like oh yeah like, no matter what you're always going to have an injection of younger people bringing interesting ideas even if it's just for you know a semester or whatever that's yeah to true influence the town um, yeah and so like like you mentioned you know your your family generationally speaking is from myrtle beach and your experience right. was you know suburb and like you said sort of outdoor living what kind of yeah. kid, what kind of kid did you find yourself being as you were growing up like you know were you that typical um you know kind of like outdoor kid where you're just like getting into adventures and you know <laughs> I mean I'm painting it in the picture like your Huck Fit or something <laughs> like that. But yeah. you know uh or were you a person that was uh, attracted to more, you know, sports or like video games. Like what did you find yourself being?
3: Honestly I like both of those. Um I played like every sport as a kid. Um okay. and but like I would play that and then on the weekends I would just be out in the woods with my friends and uh, riding four-wheelers or, uh, you know, out swimming or wakeboarding or kneeboarding or any of that, you know, it's kind of just like a ready to, I want to be outside, you know, I want to get dirty. Um, But then there was times where, like, I would play, I don't know, I'm not a big video person, but as a kid, uh, I played a ton of video games, for sure, and uh, watched, like, a ton of TV and stuff, because I feel like there wasn't really that many distractions back then, so you either were outside or inside, and when you were inside you were playing a video game or watching tv you know yeah um so that you know i was kind of a little bit everywhere pretty pretty normal kid um nothing really i guess i didn't get weird until like middle school when i'm in like high school when i was like yeah this whole thing was kind of thin to me i don't i don't really get it um and i got a little more into music and playing guitar and you know, yeah,
1: that that whole thing, all
3: that that world.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, so, what did you? Uh, what was your family structure like? Like, mom and dad in the house, brothers and sisters?
3: Yep, yeah, I have mom and dad and a sister, younger sister.
1: Okay, so you you were yep. the you were the first on the scene, scoping it all out.
3: Yeah, figuring what the hell was going on. Yeah. <laughs> right, right.
1: And what did your parents do for a living?
3: Um, my dad is a general contractor, so he uh, does a lot of different contractor stuff yeah, um building stuff a lot of earthwork building stuff yeah yeah um and my mom she worked in real estate for a minute and um now she does she plans weddings and events and stuff like that
1: oh nice nice yeah um and so then uh like you said as you started to kind of you know progress and find your identity in high school and start to get exposed to music, you know, because Myrtle beach, like we were saying, isn't this, you know, cultural hotbed for, you know, a ton of shows happening and a lot of stuff that you, um, you know, probably would have been able to find if you were in a major metropolitan area. How did you get intro to, you know, kind of independent music and that sort of stuff?
3: Um, I was probably, well, I kind of, I was like an internet savvy kind of kid. So I discovered all those downloading sites, you know, Kazaa, LimeWire, all those. Oh,
4: yeah.
3: Uh, I would say, I guess that was about, I don't know when those were really popular, but I had Napster. Like, I remember I downloaded, I was also really into, like, rap as a a kid, I think, because I played basketball. So I remember the first song I downloaded on Napster was this song called Project Bitch. (laughs) And it was like, I don't even know who sings that song, but it was like a big hit then. So um, I kind of, like, came from that and then like obviously the other popular songs on Napster then were like um probably like some alternative kind of stuff but then um there's probably like a lapse where I can't really remember what I've really listened to but the the next thing I remember downloading on my computer was like a Godsmack song Mm -hmm. which was like and then I was like oh okay this is cool it's like rap meets like rock right and then um and so I got kind of into like breaking Benjamin and kept finding more stuff. And then, um, I was probably in, I found the Juliana theory somehow, um, around there. But, uh, I got, it was like maybe ninth grade and this older, I met this older dude, uh, at the skate park. And he, um, showed me some, he showed me like misfits. I think he showed me, uh, th- this, that man Thursday. Of course. Um, poison the well and like hot hot heat or something and like, <laughs> Dude, what, like a,
1: the, yeah. what a
4: random yeah. bunch of bands.
3: i know it would just be like it was there was just a massive cd case and it was just like oh what's this you know and i was just like a young kid like i loved music my whole life and right. like all all different parts of it and um yeah i think that's that's like those are the four bands that come to There might have been, like, some bad religion thrown in there as well. Yeah. Um, And then I was like, okay, this is cool. What is this? And then that dude was like, oh, there's, like, these things called shows that you can go to. Yeah. And this is a local band from here called The Classic Struggle, which they were, like, the only band from our town that ever, like, did anything in the metal world. You know, there were some indie-ish bands that did some touring and stuff. But um, so I went to one of their shows. And and this tiny little room um, called The yeah, I wish where did you play when you went to Myrtle Beach because you said you played some shows there
1: I know I was trying to think we played uh it was gosh I want to say it was like it was like either a comic book store like a head shop it was totally like you know there was like 40 kids there okay. yeah it was definitely was it like monkey business oh that sounds really familiar
3: yeah it might have been there or it could have been a record shop called Lazy Eye oh yeah uh, or this place called the limelight was around
1: that's it the limelight that's it that's exactly what I thought yeah
3: yeah
4: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We're sitting here. It's like June, and you're like, where has the time gone? And everybody's like, oh my gosh, I have no idea. I gotta like accomplish all these other things. Take a moment. Focus on the things that obviously, for one, matter to you, but for two, look back. Be like, what have I done well? What have I done not so well? And maybe I can you know, ask some friends and family for some help, but where I have always gone to in regards to figuring out what I can do better, therapy. Therapy is an incredible tool at your arsenal that you can dip into. I've done it for my marriage. I've done it for myself personally. And I'm a huge advocate for what therapy can do for you because it is a third party that's able to look at what you can do to improve your life and be a person to help you along in your journey. And so I think if you were thinking and visit BetterHelp.com/slash-ray today to get 10% off of your first month. That's BetterHelp hel slash ray
0: Baseball fans, BetMGM is giving you the chance to win a prize every day during the baseball season. Step into the batter's box for BetMGM's Swing for the Fences free-to-play game. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards vary depending on market and expire 24 hours from issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In partnership with MGM Northfield Park.
5: When the sun goes down, opt for bold and blingy styles. Like the made-to-be-seen, very sexy push-up bra from the Very Sexy Collection. Now in this season's must-have shades and patterns. Add the finishing touch with the limited edition Bombshell Escape fragrance, a free spirited take on the iconic Victoria's Secret scent. Dive into a vibrant blend of juicy guava, lush palms, and summer glow peony. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com.
1: Ah, summertime, right? We're all just enjoying the, the last couple weeks of summer. And I don't know about you, but for me... There's nothing better than like a killer, killer summer mix. Like, you know, you you put together these 10 to 20 song playlists that you can dive into when you're, you know, you're at the beach, you're hanging out with your friends at a pool party. Or if you're just, you know, jogging, jogging along the beach, enjoying some solitude. So you need to work with this company because they are awesome. So Simple Mobile. Like you, know, like what? What are they offering? What are they offering me? They are offering you nationwide coverage on a blazing fast four G LTE network, so you can access everything from your music to breaking news alerts, trends, download podcast episodes like this very one as soon as they're released, and you can check out your favorite bands' tour dates whenever, wherever. And then their truly unlimited high speed data plan is just fifty dollars for thirty days. So you'll have extra cash to spend on whatever it is that you need to, whether it's going to a fest, whether it's buying some more vinyl, like I like to do, that's, that's what they're doing. They're putting money in your pocket. Simple Mobile also gives you the freedom to do what you personally love, whether it's streaming, sharing, posting, swiping, texting, streaming, you name it, they got it, thanks to their unlimited plans. So please always refer to the latest terms and conditions of service at simplemobile.com. They're a great partner. I love working with them. And please, they're the perfect sidekick for all your summer plans, right? They'll give you all the unlimited stuff you need on a very fast network. So SimpleMobile.com, dive in and enjoy. All right, now here's the rest of the show. I'll dive you into the, uh, so where we kind of left it before uh, the conversation fell apart via technology was the, uh, you know, you're you're talking about the limelight being kind of your, introductory venue where he started to recognize that there were, you know, local bands and there was a scene and all that sort of stuff Um, but there was also something I I wanted to pick apart where you were were talking about the random dude at the skate park that kind of just you know, lets you sample a bunch of music and I find it so funny because almost in everybody's origin story, there's like that random dude, whether it's like you know, a guy at a record store a person at your high school, someone who just like doesn't really you know you're not like close friends with all of a sudden just exposes you to all this rad music and your life has changed in such a major
3: way right it's so yeah it it is yeah it's true
1: and it's so uh, it's just funny like did you interact with that dude any longer after you kind of started to you know get further involved in music or was he just a dude that kind of passed through
3: no i uh yeah i remained friends with him for a long time and then um like went to shows with him he would drive me to shows different skate skate spots like that and then he actually ended up going to the same school as me like the next year so then he was
2: he gave me rides
3: places and he like showed me a bunch of a bunch of cool shit along the way so I was friends with him for a while but I I haven't seen him in like 10 years probably at this point right right I don't even know if he's still into uh any of that kind of this kind of stuff anymore
1: yeah um Yep. And so I'm, I'm gonna guess that uh, you know as you were going through through high school and started to develop more of your identity um, you know was there any other kind of path beyond your interest in music like you know did you have any other sort of aspirations as far as like oh man that would be cool for a job or that would be cool to like do this particular thing or was did music just take up all your headspace
3: um, I tried to go to I got, like, a full scholarship to to, to some schools and stuff, so I went, I tried to go to, um, I went to Coastal Carolina University, which is in Myrtle Beach, um, they they recently just got on the map, they won the College World Series last year, but, um, so they, uh, I went there for, like, a semester, but I just wasn't really into it, like, I, I was thinking about music, you know, so, um. Yeah, I, I tried to go. I was undeclared, just doing you know my basic kind of classes. Mm-hmm. I was I was thinking about maybe going into like English, and then I kind of toyed with like going into law a little bit, but I just never really knew. I was never passionate about any of that more than I was music, you know. So, um, so yeah, it kind of music was definitely cloudy, clouding all of my mind, you know.
1: Right. Right. And uh, I'm guessing that once you started to, you know, go to shows and start to experience this weird subculture, um, you know, how'd your parents react to you as you started to, you know, get even more involved and deeper into stuff that they probably didn't understand?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think I started my first band at, I might have been 14 or 15, but, um, my first band, like, real band that plays, like, shows, um was actually with our guitar player Alex uh, our original guitar player who's now back in the band he wasn't for a couple records but um, came back for this recent one and um, I I had some bands and like it was my parents already kind of knew I guess that I was into some weird stuff Um, I don't think at the time my dad really understood it my mom was kind of like the kind of mom that's just like yeah well you know you can be yourself do whatever you want you know just don't be a bad person, kind of thing. My dad was a little more concerned with uh, my future, and you know, are you going to college? Get your typical uh, parental kind of viewpoint. Um, so they were already, I guess, a little con- concerned. They wanted me to kind of go to school, and they uh, after after high school. And then they they kind of knew what kind of bands I was in. One of them was kind of like a hateful straight edge band. Uh, that was like right when I graduated high school. Um, so they weren't, like, pumped on the music I was playing, but they both are into music, so they were, like, I guess in their mind, they were, like, hopefully this will land in a good place at some point. Um, right. So,
1: yeah. <laughs> and so you were, uh, you mentioned that you said, you so you were straight-edge in, in high school, and did that, um, did you, how did your parents react to that? Because I know, I mean, I myself am I'm still straight-edge, but... Uh, you know, I know yeah. it's I know it's always a weird notion for parents to be like, "Wait a minute!" Like, so you're not going to drink and, and smoke and do all that stuff? Like, that's cool, but like you're still hanging with a bad crowd. It doesn't make sense.
3: <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that's pretty much exactly what it was. Because it was it. Yeah, I mean, I was young and I didn't really get it. And I don't think anyone really does. They first decide they're going to be straight edge at you know 16 years old, but from um, 15. Uh, So, yeah, it's like I think they I guess it was cool that I wasn't drinking Yeah, exactly what you said I guess it's cool that I wasn't drinking or partying or anything But it was also like, okay, well, don't go to those parties And, like, try to fight people, you know?
1: (laughs) Right and did you? Uh, I, I guess did you make that decision just based solely off of the music that you were being exposed to, or was there, you know, a, a history of you being exposed to alcohol? You know, whether it was like you know family members going through alcoholism or anything like that.
3: No, it came straight from music. You know? I think it was like I was into that band looking forward, and they were like super straight edge, and I think I just thought, and me and my friends were all straight edge, you know.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I love that um, and so I mean this was something I was going to ask a little bit later but um, you know I think it's appropriate to bring it up now where the you know 100th has always been you know kind of uh, closely associated with you know whatever Christian music the Christian metalcore scene whatever um, you know just because I imagine that many of you were raised with some sort of you know faith or religion um, but you know you guys have never been a over overly you know a spiritual band in regards to the fact, like you know, you're not praying on stage and you're not like you know holding a group prayer after sets or anything like that. Um, so was that was that right. was that something that you guys kind of had to you know figure out how to navigate, um, or was that something that you just kind of like, well, if people will call us that, they'll call us that. You know, we're you know we're not we're not going to fight against that label, so to speak. Yeah,
3: I mean, we never really wanted that label. I think like we never set out to kind of have that label i think or you know uh we promote ourselves as that because i don't think any of us were ever confident enough in our own kind of journey to be like to feel like we deserve to be the leaders in that kind of way you know like uh i think the first the first record is kind of lyrically me trying to figure out values and what from a very uh closed mind you know like kind of figure out at that point where like okay why is this a certain way and like i get it humanity is flawed and, and we're shitty but is there hope i hope there's hope kind of um so that whole first record is kind of like a it's really just me figuring out what i really believe and, um at the end of that record it seems like if you know, I'm strong and I'm strong in what I believe. But really, I think I, I, I just think my mind was a little, a lot more closed than than uh, I thought at the time. You know, like I thought I was, I thought I had everything figured out at 19. You know, I think a lot of people are guilty of that. But um, yeah, so I don't know that we ever really wanted to be a huge Christian band. I think it was just like I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I, I hate. I hate even like talking about it because yeah. I feel like when I when I go back in my head, I'm like I don't I don't I hate going back where I've been. You know, it's like I've I've, I've already been there. I've already had all those confusing thoughts and ways of living, and I've already progressed past it to like revisit it. Even in like a conversation like this, it's still kind of like eh. You know, like I don't even know how to prompt it, how to how to how to say how to dance around what I actually think about it now without seeming like I am judging my previous self or something,
1: you know? Yeah, well, no, I mean, and I I appreciate you putting it out like that because I think it is something that is so inherently interesting in art where people are meant to reckon with things, you know, like you said, these sweeping decisions you make when you're, you know, in your late or your mid to late teens when reality you have no exposure to the world, but then you have to be like, Oh yeah, these lyrics I wrote when I was 17 years old, I fully stand by. You're like, no, I don't do, I don't do that. That was just a time and a place. So, um, but I, 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 but I, I, the, you know, the reason I bring that up is just because like there are, you know, there are certain bands that exist in that world and are comfortable existing solely in that world without, you know, ever trying to, I guess, reach outside of it. Um, but, you know, it, it, right. it, 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 to me, it always seemed uh, I wouldn't say the word unfair, but it always seemed odd that people put that on you guys when it was like, well, I, I, I it's not like I said, it's not like you were this this band that was, uh, you know, proclaiming all of these things. It was like, no, like like you said eloquently where you're like, I was just sorting through this. Like, yeah, you know, I was, you know, had had a religious upbringing, but, you know, I'm just uh, I'm figuring it out like everybody else's. <laughs>
3: Yeah, exactly, and and we never were like, yeah, we were just normal dudes from the beginning, you know. Like we, we never, none of us were ever like, I don't know, pretending to be something we weren't, you know. We were just like, okay, well, yeah, like we don't, you know, we never were, insta- we never like all read the Bible together or something. It was just like, okay, like we were all kind of raised in this. Our parents are all kind of here, mentally and spiritually. And we kind of had some of that in common, and it was. Oh, it was a, it was a weird time, but all of us kind of ended up at the same destination, which is which is cool.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, cuz you're I think in so many respects too, when you start to engage with other people who have like-minded trains of thought and then you start to go in different directions, but you know, you might arrive to the same conclusion but take two different paths ultimately yeah. The end destination is what's the most important and you're kind of like, "Oh, that's rad. You went about it a whole different way than I did." Yeah.
3: That is cool.
1: Yeah. And so um did you like you mentioned some of your first uh your your first bands? Like did did you always sing for those bands or did you uh you know, did you play instruments in, in the other bands that you started?
3: Um I sang in the first band. It was like a spaz grindy kind of band. It sounded like we wanted to be like number twelve was like you and daughters and stuff. Nice. Um, so I was did vocals in that band. And then um then that band broke up and then I started the kind of like it was like a seven star wannabe band that was straight edge. That was I played guitar in that band. And then I ended up playing bass for a little for a minute in another more metal band and then back to vocals on this kinda like Killing
1: the Dream type band and then hundreds got it um, and did you once you first started to play in bands did you immediately uh, like the you know playing shows and touring aspect or was that something that was you know, you learn to enjoy over time. Just because you know, it, it, it might be jarring for some people when you start to spend some time away from your home, and you're like, "Oh, I, oh, wow, yeah, I'd like, I'd like to have my uh, regular breakfast or whatever." You know?
3: Yeah. No, that's never really been. Uh, I guess I'll just say it this way: it, that has always been the goal. Like, is I've always wanted to do that. You know? Like, so when all those bands, you know, where it be in our, we have been in our practice space. Like, okay, how do we book a tour? How do we, how do we go to all these places? Like, let's, we want to play to as many people as possible, you know?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so then, you know, after the first, uh, you know, bands that you played in, um, I'm sure, you know, you were just playing in those bands for, you know, pure enjoyment and to play shows and just kind of, you know, have that experience. Um, did you always uh, like? You know, I, I guess I'll, I'll phrase it like this Were you always the, Kind of the, the Business person of the band Or was that something That you were not Necessarily that interested in And you let other people In the bands uh, Kind of handle it uh, I've
3: always kind of been The control guy uh, In all of I think probably
1: Sure And in 100th You You I presume you're you're kind of the you know the lead person, as it were. I mean, I know I, when I say that, I want to make sure that yeah. I'm not giving short shrift to all the other members in the band. But you know, usually there's like one or two people that kind of poke their heads up of being like, okay, you know, this is the guy who you know is going to book the shows, and this is the person who's going to like do the merch or whatever. And then you know, yeah, you're really good at guitar, so like, yeah, you just stick
3: to that or whatever. Yeah, we all talk to like our manager, but it's primarily, like I primarily handle with like 90% of what happens, um but you know not not solely on what I want to do it's kind of like we all bounce ideas off each other all the time right because uh, I couldn't I don't know I couldn't rely on my own judgment on a lot of stuff I feel like I, I kind of need the other three dudes to kind of be like eh maybe don't say that or maybe you know
1: <laughs> right maybe do do this too or well
3: yeah yeah for sure
1: right um. So then as, as you started to, um, you know, really focus on, on 100th in regards to, like you were saying, where, you know, you dropped, like, did you finish, like, a year or two of school and then and drop out? Or when did that happen?
3: Um, yeah, I I did, like, a little bit of college, and then I went to uh, Australia for this, um, it was basically, like, a music school that was attached to, like, a religious school. Uh-huh so like I was, it was so I went to that and um, I think that's where I kind of really realized because that that was the time in my life where I was really questioning like what is beyond humanity like okay like I get it we're all here hanging out but like why and um, I had a buddy uh, one of my longtime friends that was going over to that college and I had been playing bass uh, with them a little bit and we um, went over there and it was like uh it was cool, like I learned a lot of like music stuff, but um overall it was just kinda like I kinda realized like I don't really um I don't really know about this whole church kind of thing, you know, and, and uh I guess now okay, hang on. We're kind of at a weird place in the timeline, um, uh, let me think.
1: Yeah, no problem.
3: <laughs> um Yeah, let's just skip that
2: question. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, no, no worries. Uh, could, could we dis- could we discuss like I mean when you uh, I mean going going to Australia for uh, you know kind of this this holistic you know music slash religious experience? Can we talk about that at all? Because I mean th- that just sounds interesting as far as yeah yeah
3: yeah is concerned. Um, yeah, for sure. I'll I'll kind of start it over again. Um, yeah, no problem. So um, I did like a semester of college, and then I went to Australia to this. It was like a uh, it's like a music school, um, like a Christian music school, pretty much. And so I uh, went to that, and with one of my buddies, he went with me, and we did that for. He did it for six months, and then I did it for a year. Um, and it was cool. I uh, learned a lot. Learned a lot of music stuff, but kind of overall saw like uh, some things that I disagreed with in um, like the modern church of. Christianity and like where and how that all works. Like I just saw a lot of flaws in it that I didn't see before, and it kind of like opened my mind up to thinking beyond one uh, one way kind of live, one way with a one way way to live. So um, I think, yeah, I went over there. I met my wife over there, so that's like I wouldn't say it's a complete waste of time going over there because obviously, like I, I cherish that I met her there, but um, right. It was just a weird, it was kind of a weird, weird decision for me, but it, it also opened up a lot of, you know, like, I was away from home for, like, years. And that was the first time I'd ever been away. So I think it kind of was, like, a um, a growing experience for sure, yeah. mentally and uh, spiritually as well.
1: Yeah, no, no, that's interesting. I mean, I, I just, the only reason that... Uh, uh, e- you know i was drilling down on is just the fact that um i mean it's just how i've really never heard of like a sort of immersive you know music music slash religious um you know school that you know where you were kind of focusing on both of those things and on top of that you're also being removed from a very comfortable environment for over a year like i can't imagine the the sort of you know uh, well of emotions that that was all kind of welling up because like you know you're dealing with something you're passionate about but then you're also being like oh man like this whole religion thing I don't even know about
3: <laughs> yeah yeah and I, I kind of got there and that was still before we even really started hundreds either so right uh, I left that school just to start hundreds you know so hundreds was kind of my and that first record was kind of my answer to my frustrations with that experience and, you know, that kind of thing.
1: Yeah, no, that's interesting. Um, and so then, uh, you know, when did you, you know, as you started to play out with 100th and, you know, being able to start to, you know get out there and have people recognize you, um, as far as like the music you were putting out, when did you feel like you had, um, you know, I I guess some momentum, whether it was like, you know, a particular tour you did a, uh, you know, certain show, or if it was something as simple as like, Oh wow, we got to put out a record. Um, you know, I just always, people have these different moments in their head uh, where it's like, Oh my gosh, like there's a stranger singing along to my words, you know, like that's, that's pretty, pretty momentous. Do you have anything in your head that kind of rattles around from that perspective?
2: Um,
3: maybe when we recorded our first like when we got to the studio to make our first album it's probably like I was like okay fuck we're making a record you know Um, we had made an EP before that and then uh, somebody ended up getting it to our first label that we signed to and they were like okay yeah, let's do it so we were like 19 recording that record I guess uh, maybe 20 wait maybe 2021 20, I don't know um, but we did a couple tours like on our own DIY for you know about a year hard and um, I, yeah I would say that 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 initial studio experience was kind of, that was the time where I was like okay we are we're a real band yeah. or, or at least we need to act like we are yeah
1: you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah totally we are like wait a minute like e- even though it may be like an inconsequential amount of money like someone's investing in us someone's like You know, it just feels so much more real when you bring other people into the equation.
3: Yeah, for sure.
1: Yeah, Um, the uh, something I've also admired about you guys in general is the fact that um, you know through a variety of circumstances whether it was like you know your early decisions in regards to you know labels you worked with and um, you know some of your touring experiences as far as like oh you know maybe this tour wasn't as good for us as we originally anticipated we weren't playing in front of anybody you guys have had a lot of um, you know adversity and not like in ways that you know other bands don't experience but you guys have been able to you know weather a lot of storms and still um, exist whereas many other bands don't you know um Like, do you you reflect on that at all, or am I making any any sense in that? Do you feel like you've been kind of like, oh, man, like, we've had a rough go of it in in many circumstances, and yeah, we've been lucky in certain ones, but, um, you know, I don't know if that all uh, kind of makes sense in your head.
3: Do you mean, like, um, personal adversity, or do you mean, like, as a band, like
1: yeah just like as, as a, as a ba- yeah as a band more more specifically just because you know there have been you know there's probably been many opportunities where you guys could have just you know bailed and been like nah we you know this is hard man and like not like the first yeah. instance where it gets hard but you know you've had to deal with a lot of stuff thrown in your direction
3: yeah for sure I think it yeah I, I I think about that um, or I have thought about that for sure um, I think that we never really were handed a lot, you know, like that we, we came up in a time where we were watching all these other vans come up and just get handed this, this gold trophy. And then like this team behind them, that's just pushing them and getting them at like every tour that they could ever want. You know, um, meanwhile, we are just like grinding the whole time on our own, like, okay, whatever. Uh, try not to let that piss us off or kind of, uh, have any sort of pull in our mindset or like what we're about um so yeah I mean I think yeah we, we've been on kind of a low and slow kind of thing you know we, there's been some some peaks and then there's been some some uh, misses and you know it's like I don't know it's it's weird to, to zoom out and think about it um but yeah I mean we there's a lot of times where we could have been like okay you're, all of us have negative money in our bank account why the hell are we still in this van you know okay. but uh, for some re- for some reason at the end of it like we got home and we decided well let's just keep doing it you know like why it, you know we I don't know it's kind of just always been the spirit it's been just okay let's just keep going and you know do what happens
1: yeah yeah. <laughs> especially too where it's like if opportunities that seem you know even remotely interesting come up where it's just like oh yeah like yeah we can we can try that tour or hey I, I think it's you know I got some I got some riffs lying around we should try this out
3: yeah for sure and, and it's like we always tried to be down or we always tried to keep ourselves open minded enough to tour with you know any band who like we thought someone there could connect with our band you know, so that's why we ended up on the weirdest. We've toured with some of the weirdest bands, you know, the weirdest lineups, it's just because. Well, like you know, like we can only play with these hardcore melodic hardcore bands for so long you know, before we want to do something weird or play to someone new. You know, it's kind of it's always it's never been the goal to put a ceiling on our band. You know, we've always tried to get to the most expose ourselves to the, the most people um, as as possible on. So that's always kind of the, the, um, the kind of foundation of any decision is okay. Well, are we, is this going to expose us to more people? Cause that's the goal. It's like, there's no hiding that, that anyone, if you're in a band, you want people to be in your band or you want people to connect with your music, you know, yeah. um, at the end of the day, after, after you make it and you have that experience, you know, you kind of want to spread it out. Um, that's kind of that's always been us. And I think anyone who is afraid to
1: admit that is a liar, too. Yeah, totally. So, what what were some of those, um, you know, like weird tours, that, like the when you guys felt like you were stepping outside of what you know typically would maybe de- be defined as normal for a band? That sounds like you guys.
3: Um, we did this like one of our our first full U.S. tour was was we were promoting our first record mm-hmm. uh which uh and we it was, the first tour was sponsored by this company called burning angel oh it's yeah. like a porn company
1: of course i remember that yeah yeah still yeah still, still exists. yeah and
3: so it was like yeah it was like so it was like a super metal tour and it was like sponsored by a porn company so it had like a porn star on the front of it like it was just such an odd look for our band, you know. It was like, it was like this is cheesy as fuck, but right. whatever. I mean, I guess, like, we get to go play Seattle? Like, cool. We'll do it, you know. Like, it was our first full U.S. tour that, that had a, a
0: tour posted,
3: you know. I was like, okay. Right. Like, we're doing it. I don't care, you know.
0: Right. <laughs> Baseball fans. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards vary depending on market and expire 24 hours from issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In partnership with MGM Northfield Park.
5: When the sun goes down, opt for bold and blingy styles. Like the made-to-be-seen, very sexy push-up bra from the Very Sexy Collection. Now in this season's must-have shades and patterns. Add the finishing touch with the limited edition Bombshell Escape fragrance, a free spirited take on the iconic Victoria's Secret scent. Dive into a vibrant blend of juicy guava, lush palms, and summer glow peony. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com.
2: This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global.
3: What, what about... Uh, so that
2: popped out. Yeah,
1: yeah, I was going to say, like, stylistically. Like, do you, do you guys find, because, you know, I always notice this with certain bands where um, when you tend to be the heavier band on a bill, a tour package, um, people, whether or not they like it, they kind of are like, oh, wow, like, that was, you know, that, that was heavy, that was aggressive. Like, do you find you guys, like, you know, are, are you more successful when you are the heaviest band on the package, or is it one of those things where, um, you, know, it, you know, you, you guys... You know, kind of find yourselves um, appealing to people, kind of, you know, no matter who you're out with.
3: Um, yeah, I think that does work. It's rare that we're on a tour where we are the heaviest band, because I feel like more than anything, we up to this point, um, we've toured with a lot of heavier bands. Than us, so it's like, it's almost been the opposite a little bit, too. It's been like, okay, well, they're kind of the softest band on the tour, but they have, or the most melodic band on the tour, but there's this edge to them that's that makes it still work. Um, so that's kind of what that's kind of what we've mainly relied on, like in those early years. Was like, okay, well, you know, they're they're drop tuned, so they're playing through. You know, they're they're a game, they they're like high gain bands So yeah, I mean, we'll tour with them, and it'll work. You know, it'll, it'll it'll land somewhere in there, and maybe these people don't know what like a hardcore band is not that we're some you know cred addict hardcore band that wants you know to be friends with all the cool hardcore bands or anything but like we, are, we, we we joke around with the term that like we were like we are a gateway hardcore band you know Yeah. it's like okay someone likes someone likes a mirror and then they we start with the mirror they see us and then they're like okay wow what is this and then you know a year later they're like oh I'd never listen to them now I like terror
1: <laughs> no, you know? dude, it's totally true. I mean, I, I think that, um, yeah, a lot, like, there there are so many bands that exist like that where you might be, you know, th- some of the heaviest things that they have ever seen, but, you know, in your head, you're just like, dude, you've never, like, we are not heavy at all, man. Like, you think we're heavy? Like, yeah. there's so much other stuff that yeah. will just, like, you know, peel the paint off a wall. But it's... Yeah, absolutely. But it's incredibly important for you know bands like you know you guys counterparts all, all the other bands that exist in that genre of music that are um you know it's important because like that that's the only you know there has to be a bridge from point A to point B otherwise you know kid, you know a 14 year old kid is not going to be ready for you know something that is like you know ridiculously heavy or ridiculously light if they're trying to be like I like something melodic
3: yeah for sure and, and, and that no like That'll never be admitted It's like You know Half of the fans Of those Hardcore bands Have filtered through These mainstream bands Or more mainstream bands You know Or like bands who Who do Warped Tour Or like you know Whatever And it's like That's just kind of The unspoken thing That everyone knows It's like okay it filtered through These bands that we are not That we don't Necessarily think are Cool Or reinventing the wheel Or you know Like not popular, you know, and all that, whatever, all that jargon, that's just absolute bullshit to begin with, but, uh, I feel like that's just something that goes unnoticed and untalked about, you know?
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I do, it, it, I'd like to drill down on that because I definitely think there are a lot of things that, you know, um, concepts that, you know, people who, you know, maybe attend shows on a regular basis, but don't really... Uh, you know, know that these are things that bands discuss. Whether it's like you know the concept of a band's band, like you know that means something to you and I. But like if you went up to an average kid at a show and be like, "Hey, can you describe to me a band's band?" They're like, "What the hell are you talking about?" You know. Um, yeah. But it's like, yeah. and you could say gateway band, and like someone may be able to you know decipher that just based off context. But um, yeah, I find it interesting that there isn't a lot of public facing conversations that rely on. Uh, That fact, where it's like, oh yeah, like the reason that this band is on every tour is because like they're the coolest dudes to hang out with, and yeah, they may not draw anybody, but like the bands love to watch them, and the band loves to hang out with them, so of course they're going to get those tours.
3: Right. Right.
0: Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Um, The you know, and kind of focusing on on the uh, uh, you you know your your newest record that's going to you know be out or is out once I release this, um, you know there's been so much that's been you know made of like uh, you guys you know abandoning the fact that like oh yeah you know you're you're not a hardcore band anymore now you're you know more more shoegazy and all this stuff and you know there's going to be a lot of people who um you know every single press angle is going to be rely around that where it's like 100th is this brand new band yeah. um and i'm sure some of that you know some of that is 100 percent true in the fact that you know your record is you know a departure from everything you've done in the past but um it, it to, to me, it is a logical step in everything of what you're expressing from the fact that, like, yeah, we can't be this band that's releasing, you know, another LP of similar-sounding songs. And, right. and I, I think it's one of those things where anybody that, I guess, would pay attention to your trajectory would know that, um, you know, you were maybe faced with this decision to, you know, do one thing or the other, like you said, you know, break the band up or... You know, move in a different direction. Um, right. I guess when you were wrestling with that decision internally, um, w- was it a pretty like was it a pretty quick conclusion you came to of like, oh yeah, we still want to do this, but we're just not going to sound like this? Or was there a lot of hand wringing?
3: Uh, I think all of that uh, struggle to, or that like fear of uh, going somewhere new was all. Uh, It was all over by the time we were ready to write this record It was like, okay, yeah Because we realized, you know, after our 2015 record We realized that um, We just weren't, we weren't super satisfied with like How it came out or like How it I don't know It was just, it just wasn't We weren't pumped to listen to it all the time, you know So I think we realized, like, okay, that was pretty much everything we possibly could give to melodic hardcore or whatever genre it falls under. That was, like, the last kind of... That was pretty much us draining the vein on that, you know? Um, So I think when it came time for this record, we were already a little... All of us were kind of a little fed up with just, like where we were as a band and as far as style goes and um, music goes and like we were sick of playing the songs uh from, that we wrote when we were a lot younger and um we felt like they didn't really express who we really were um so the decision wasn't really it wasn't even something that we really even like talked about you know it was just like all of us were just moving in the new direction. Um, I think me and Alex started writing some songs. We just kind of went in with the whole, like, okay, I don't really want to scream anymore, so let's just, let's just open this thing wide open and kind of, uh, kind of just rely solely on instincts and just, like, don't think about who's going to like it, what style it is, just write what we want to hear. And, and I think It's zooming out we were at a point where we could have either gone heavier or we could have gone softer you know and like none of us are gonna go or choose to go heavier because none of us really listen to heavy music it's it's like that's just not our forte you know it's never been something that we've put on to jam to together or something that we've been excited to listen to and that's always kind of been another part of our band too it's like we've met people that have just been like, do you guys know about this? And we're like, no, I don't know what that is. And they're like, you're, you know, you're in this world. You should know about this. We're like, we don't, we almost felt like outsiders the whole time because we were like, we don't really, we're not pumped to be, to hear like metal for 30 days in a row. You know, like we're not, that was never really what we were into, you know? So, um, I think when we were going into this record, we were at the point where it was kind of a, like, like you mentioned that either either we bury this thing or we just do it on our own terms and um, and, and on our own terms obviously would was, was rely on like our actual musical influences and write stuff that we were actually on um, listening to you know yeah so the decision wasn't hard it was just like a it was kind of a rational kind of thing it's like okay well we want to do something different and it's not going to be heavier so let's just do whatever we want
1: sure I, I find the, uh, the the you know, the way that people are, are speaking about, you know, not only the record, but, you know, your guys' shift in sound is the, um, you know, the fact that, it, it, and I'm sure you're finding difficulty, uh, you know, maybe elaborating it in the way that, you know, you might like to in regards to the fact that, like, oh, hundreds have abandoned who they are and who they were, you know, for, you know, sounding like they could appeal to a wider audience or whatever. Um, You know, does that, uh, I guess, does that narrative uh, frustrate you where it's like, oh, yeah, like, it's not like we're saying everything that we've released in the past is atrocious, but this is just where we're at now.
3: Yeah, that is what I that is my general disposition on the record for sure. It's like, like i poured my soul into every record that we've had, even the one that, even ones that I wasn't, that I didn't really love a year later, you know? Um, like not to say that in that moment, that was like what I thought was right in my mind. That was the artistic decision I made on this record. So like, yeah, I wasn't, yeah, I, I feel like the problem lies when people, che- like when, when a website would just like cherry pick one part of the interview with like zero context and they're like oh this dude only did it the whole time for a paycheck it's like okay are you a fucking idiot why, if I wanted a paycheck being in a van why would I have chosen this tiny sub genre you know like there are millions of times where we could have driven our van home and like parked it and nothing would have changed it's like why would I have struggled for as long as I have in this van and for a paycheck it's like no like that whole that whole uh Issue is like, it's like I, if, if I wanted to do that, we probably would have put like synthesizers and fucking substep beats over our second record, and then like we really want to cash in, Rise Records, please fucking sign us, you know? Right. It's like no, that that wasn't the issue. Like what I was trying to say in some of those um, interviews was like we got to a point where it felt like a job. Like if we would have had to write another heavy record, we would not have been pumped doing it, and like that isn't... And it's not like we would jump to some other genre that has some crazy, like, like, uh, promise for, like, money and success. It's like, no, we just, like, wanted to go somewhere somewhere else honestly you know? Um, and We don't expect it to, like, hit top 40 and, like, make us a shit ton of money. Right. You know? It's like, we just wanted to, like, we wanted to post a new wave, you know? We wanted to do something different and, like, that we were pumped on
1: you know yeah totally well I mean and plus too it'd be a different story if you were creating a record that sounds like um, what your record does in a vacuum but it's like you know you, you are stepping into ground that you know is you know other bands are existing in that same area that have come from the same Seen as you, you know, it's like I mean, p- people can look at Turnover and be like, "Oh yeah, like Turnover, the pop punk band." And you're just like, "Well, no, like they don't sound like that anymore." But you know, they have elements of that, and so it's it's not like you guys are all of a sudden being like, "All right, we're dropping our guitars," <laughs> you know, we're we're gonna sound like Carly Rae Jepsen. It's like, no, they sound like yeah. ba- they sound like a band with guitars that is singing instead of screaming. Like, I don't understand how that is. Um, yeah, it's a shift, but it's not such a market shift where people are like, "I don't understand it." It's like what? I don't I don't understand you. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like and it's like I don't people have made that comparison to like a band like Turnover or Balancing Composer and stuff, but like I still feel like they progressed from like pop punk world, you know, where it's like we progressed from quote unquote hardcore world, you know? And it's like so to me, the rest like all of the paths releases from all three of our bands I think all three of them sound like completely different but um, for some reason I think I think the problem is that most the general person who knows of our band and will check out our new song um, their only grip into another world is what those, is what Turnover and Bouncing are like have progressed into as well you know they don't they don't know who my bloody Valentine is. They don't know who slow dive it are or, you know, any of that, any of those kind of like quintessential bands, washed out bands, you know, it's like, so what they do is they go to like the most recent thing that they know in that massive pond. And they're like, Oh, well, this is just trying to be this. This is a derivative of this. But it's like, no, it's not. It you know, to me, it feels like it's a lot more aggressive still. And it still feels like it came from a, um, "Quote unquote hardcore world," you know, it doesn't feel like it came from Blink One Eighty Two world. You know, it's like I don't know. It feels like it came from, it still came from kind of like hate breed world, whereas those kind of come from brand new Blink One Eighty Two world. You know, yeah, well, is that it- weird? But I feel like it.
1: No, I I get what you're. Well, I mean, honestly, it's kind of echoing something that we were talking about earlier, where uh, people arrive at the same conclusions but take different paths, you know. And it's like it's the same it's the same yeah. context where it's like, yeah, you guys are arriving at a similar-ish uh, conclusion, and well, not even a conclusion where it's like, okay, this is the end and this is what we're going to sound like. But you know, a, a destination point, and you've just arrived arrive to it via different paths. And so, yeah, I totally understand what you're saying. Right. But yeah, I just, uh, yeah. yeah. I, I just, I, I mean, I already see, like, and frankly, this is one of the reasons why I wanted to talk to you, too, because, like, I just already saw, you know, when I listened to the record, and I just already saw every single piece that was getting written or getting spoken about about the record, and I was just like, I hate that I can already build up the whole narrative in my head already about what it is that that you guys are going to have to endure for the next you know whatever 12 to 18 months of people talking to you about the record so
3: yeah for sure and it's like we not that we didn't expect that too you know we are all insanely self aware to the point where we were like constantly just like derating each other for like ruining our band you know and like (laughs) okay well yeah this is going to work I'm probably going to hate this you know
1: yeah absolutely (laughs) Oh, I think I you know, like, oh. Yeah. oh, I think I lost you for a sec. Can you hear me now? Okay.
3: Oh, you there now? Yeah,
1: I can. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah, so you you were saying you were uh, you know berating each other for ruining the band?
3: Yeah, and like just you know lightheartedly, but all of us realize that that is a very real um, thing that could happen, and like all of us are at the point where we don't care if that happens.
2: You know, we would rather
3: put have put this record out as like a last record and then like fail on trying to make something work and make more people be into our bed in some cheap way you know yeah absolutely
1: um two last things i want to hit on before i let you go um one of them is the notion like you know you guys have been able to you know sustain yourselves uh from you know off the band and the touring and stuff like that so we're you know you return home and um you know maybe you didn't need to hop right back into a job um but, you know, do you, uh, like, well, first of all, is that correct? And then second of all, um, do you feel that sometimes when you get locked up in the perpetual motion machine that is touring and releasing records that you kind of feel disconnected from, you know, a lot of the world that most other people experience?
3: Um, yeah, I think a little bit. To uh, answer the first question, yeah, we kind of, it's, it's, that's pretty much correct I mean all of us are pretty thrifty we have our own like kind of side hustle things that we do um, you know we don't we don't wait like as a band we don't like to waste money on things that aren't needed um, so we try to keep it all and you know uh, we, we try to pay for everything in cash and we try to not cash like you know under the table or anything, but we just try to stay ahead ahead of you know like you know we, we don't, we're not in debt you know we don't ever want to be in debt as a man you know so um, we you know we try to make decisions that way we want to ensure that that will never be the case so uh, yeah and I feel like regarding the like missing out on the real world um, I feel like when we first started touring I, I felt like that um, like that I was missing out on something and you know when you, when you tour for that long you know like pretty much eight years straight you lose touch with a lot of people that used to be friends with and stuff but I feel like it's all we're also, also at that point where we're all growing up you know settling down too it's like we're at the point where we don't really care you know it's like this is what we're doing and, and we're seeing the world it's like what are we are we missing out or are they missing out you know that's kind of I guess the all of our our viewpoint is like we are you know we're probably we're not gonna be in bands forever you know but um, all of us realize that you know this is a gift and that we are fortunate to to have made it this far and just from being a tiny band that screams into a microphone you know yeah. so it's like we're realizing that but also we're all kind of settling down to the point where it's like okay like we don't need to bust our apps for you know we don't need to tour for a year straight right now and, you know like let's just let's just make you know let's make good content and then if that requires us touring a lot more then we'll we'll cross that road and we we'll get there you know but um, yeah I don't I don't necessarily feel like we're missing out from, from the real world yet you
1: know yeah sure no no I understand what you're saying uh, and plus you also have, since yeah. you have since you have a throat tattoo you have a job stopper tattoo so you're fine you have no choice you have no choice yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> um, and then and then ending it on a completely random point. But I always find that you know when I'm preparing for these interviews and, and questions and everything like that, um, I always find it hilarious when there is someone else that has the same exact name that is involved in entertainment in some capacity. Um, are you are you aware of your alter ego that performs in Las Vegas?
3: Yes, I am. I I get tagged in his Twitter post sometimes.
1: <laughs> I, I I just find it what? so I find it so funny because I'm sure. It happens with that dude as well, maybe to on a lesser degree, but like that you guys both exist in creating music, but on completely different levels and I'm sure some people are like, Oh hey, let's trip across him and it's like, wait, what? What is what is the hundredth front man doing in Vegas? Oh that's not him. Like
3: <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I feel like it works it was it's worse for him than me, you know. Somebody's trying to get in to play at some nice event, sing jazz and then they Google him and they're like, No way, he's not fit though. Pathetic of
0: this party, <laughs> right? Totally. You know?
1: But ha- has there ha- has there ever been any uh, bleed over beyond just like the, like you said the the you know tagging in Twitter posts or an in Instagram or anything like that?
3: No, uh, there's also like a nude uh, like a nude model oh. that is also named Chadwick Johnson. Yeah, I, did, I did not- He's a very boss black guy, and he's great. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's that's amazing. I did not know that as well. Wow, that's uh, maybe I just didn't didn't uh, dive too deep in the uh, Google results, or maybe the uh, the quote unquote yeah. the quote unquote real Chadwick Johnson in Vegas is just uh, you know bubbling up all of the, uh, the yeah. Google results.
3: <laughs> like is that, is that is it? Is it tagged that the real Chadwick Johnson? No, I just I just made that up. But <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it seems, I wish it was. That'd I, be great.
1: I totally. <laughs> It seems like you should probably do some sort of uh, you know social media beef with him, where it's just like, oh no, like I'm I'm the real Chadwick Johnson.
3: <laughs> I think I just need to meet him. I th- maybe it's me in just a, a different simulation.
1: That's true. Yeah, maybe it's the uh, you know uh, time is a flat circle, true detective scenario where it's just like all all of us are experiencing different l- levels of the same universe, except yeah, you're just a performer in Vegas as well. that's from russ cole i like
3: that that's awesome well chad
1: do do people call you chadwick or chad i just i realized that i'd never asked that
3: either one it doesn't matter
1: okay i'll call you chad chadwick sounds very formal and like no it's shorter yeah no one calls me raymond like people call me ray so Um, but anyways chad thank you for hanging out i really appreciate you uh yeah diving deep in here and we, we made it work on the bus
3: hell yeah i appreciate you having me for real
1: Hey everybody, how's it going? How'd you like that chat? I liked it a lot. Uh, you know, I actually, I always like to edit these shows because sometimes I have these discussions, you know, a couple weeks prior and then listening back, I'm like, oh man, that, that was a fun chat. I really like that. So thank you very much, Chad, for hanging out and wanting to do this show. And thank you very much to his publicist for hooking it up and everybody involved for, uh, you know, recommending that he be a part of the show because, um yeah, that's that's how this came to be. So uh, thank you very much to Lowercase Noises for providing the music on this show. The All the music beds are created by him, and you should be listening to his new record called The Swiss Illness. Love what he does. Great friend. Just 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 a beautiful musician. And if you like any of his stuff, or if you like the music that's played in the show, you'll like a lot of his stuff. And then uh, what do we got next week? <clears throat> we have a big one for me, and actually a very good friend of the show's, Mike Minnick, who is currently traveling across the country. Hi, Mike. Or actually, no, he should be at his destination, so hi, Mike, regardless. But Mike Olander, I think I pronounced his last name right, he's the vocalist for Endeavor, Burnt by the Sun, more recently, River Black. This guy I've always personally looked up to um, in regards to how original his vocals were and are and all of the work that he's done from a political standpoint The dude's the real deal. And I uh, I loved having a chat with him. It was one of those things where you'll hear towards the end of the episode we we actually talk about. Um, he was like, "Oh yeah, I'm waiting for my uh, you know my my lift driver," and uh, the lift driver was late, and he's like, "Cool, we can do we can do a few more minutes." <laughs> so, anyways, that's what's happening on the show next week. Please have a uh, safe rest of the week, whatever it is you're doing, and um, yeah, be safe, everybody. Bye.
4: You've been listening to the Jabberjaw Podcast
1: Network, JabberjawMedia.com. Shh.